Screen for go, they're racing. He says go, he says Tara, and Tiger Tara roars away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast, live from Tabcourt Park, Menangle. Jess Watkins and Freddie Hastings are with me as always. Welcome, guys, after a long weekend. Where else would you want to be on a Tuesday? Yeah, welcome back, guys. Good to be back. Always good to be back. <laughs> was it a long weekend? We were both no. there. We were all there in a working capacity at Bankstown yesterday. And Saturday. Yeah. So. And Saturday. Saturday. I don't, there's no such thing as a long weekend no, in not racing. Not in racing, no. Well, I must admit, I did have to feed up a little bit more on Saturday and Sunday, but I, I apologise to you guys to rub that some salt into the wound there. But um, hey, it was a good day out at Bankstown yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great day. Another edition of the Truel Memorial, one run and one. And yeah, it was Good crowd in attendance and a great day on track. Racing was really good. There were some terrific finishes um, and I guess they were all over the shop coming for home in the in the feature race. Uh, it was, I think I said in the call, standing room only. They just really packed up on the turn and trying to find a winner that far out or, or sense who might be in the uh, winner's stall that far from home was a, was a pretty tough task. Had a good week, Jess? Yeah, very good week. Busy, as we've just touched on before, but good week. Okay. Freddie? Yeah, good week, except my footy team are going lousy, but that's all right. Uh, you know, <laughs> they uh, they got copped a bit of a hiding on Saturday. It was a tough watch Saturday <laughs> night. My horse ran third, and then I had to watch the roosters get thumped. So, tough uh, tough card. You'd be used to that by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, they're, they're going bad. Here. They're going bad. The chooks. Yeah, 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 it's been tough. All right, I'll tell you what, uh, someone who has had a pretty good week is Brad Elder. G'day, Brad. G'day, Paul. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. Gee, you've had a pretty good, uh, well, it's less than 24 hours. You uh, you won the Truer Memorial yesterday. That's a, a nice little uh, nice little um, one to have on the racing CV, I would have thought. Yeah, well, uh, pretty well time-wanted race. So, uh, my name's on the trophy for, for however long, forever. It was a, tell you what, it was a, it was a cracking drive. And, you know, it, real, that, there's something exciting, Freddie, about a, a Pegs hugging drive when it matters most, and and yeah, that's exactly how Brad managed to win that race yesterday. Yeah, from the four hundred to about the home turn, you could just see they all made their moves out wide, and Brad just said, "Well, thanks for coming. I'm just going to stick to the pegs." He needed luck. There's no doubt about that. It was a you know, the horse was driven for luck because in front of Brad, he was faced with a wall of horses, but with some fatigue, uh, the leader just shifted up, and uh, there was enough for him to poke through. But he had plenty of company, Brad, at about the two hundred because uh, any number of horses total deep was making its move out of Billy Arden's ace was still there um, there were a few unlucky runs as well Rock of Delight was climbing over them looking for runs but the run come for Brad um, and clearly Brad you were had fingers and toes crossed nearing the turn that you might be able to get through because <laughs> the horse really seemed to grab hold and and really run up behind them real quick yeah well me plan in the race was just to try and follow Amanda thought everywhere she goes because she's had a lot of lot of success in the, the bigger races. So that was my plan. And then once they all started making moves from the back, I sort of had to throw it out the window and just, just drive for luck. You broke Jess's heart. She was, I was sitting next to Jess at, up in the function room. She's very bullish and an old family, beautiful family that I got to meet. Uh, very bullish on Total Diva following Jess's lead. Broke her heart, Brad. <laughs> Oh, well, you get that on the big job. <laughs> it's every man for himself out there, Brad, isn't it? Yeah. i tell you what, yeah, Total Diva was pretty good, though, Jess. Yeah, I thought she was really gallant in defeat there. Jimmy Douglas had to make a move with still about a lap to go, and she was still strong and hit the line hard, so a very credible run from her. Um, mate, you must be super happy with it, though. I mean, I know that there was a lot of talk around Total Diva. There was a lot of talk around King Tiger for Kevy Pizzuto and Cameron Hart. And anything, anytime Cameron Hart lines up in one of those bigger races, there's obviously a bit of a target on his back, uh, given given how well he goes. Uh, the Black Prince was well and truly in market and was probably the favoured runner of the of the Roy Roots, Paul Borg sort of team mm-hmm. that, that lined up in that race. Um, yeah. It felt like you kind of snuck under the guard, as Freddie kind of alluded to before. Yeah, I think so. Um, I thought that drawing drawing seven was a pretty good draw for me, and with his speed, he's he's pretty deadly when when he gets a crack. And his runs at Newcastle, he sort of had to be the one that's going at the five and six hundred, and he's still running off the planet with his last sectional. So just 
being in that position and the leader rolled off and just made a gap for him and once he once he was through he just took it hard and raced away with it. Yeah, good speed. I tell you what, we don't see you at Bankstown all that often. It was fantastic to have some of our um, some of our drivers that we don't necessarily see at Bankstown um, all that often. Um, did you enjoy the day? Yeah, it was pretty good. I'd, I'm not uh, not a regular there. It's a bit of a rarity, but yeah, I got lost a few times on the way there, but we got there in the end. <laughs> um, that that guys that brings to an end the the Carnival of Cups mm. sort of you know program. I think uh, I'd have to go through an Adam somewhere around 25 or so race meetings up 25 to 30. Um, started back in Cowra back in. September and we've got through to Bankstown in June. It's been a, you know, a real sort of itinerant caravan tour around the state and lobbying, and it's been fantastic to see the, the ways that these clubs have have delivered on you know different things. Crowd wasn't huge there at Bankstown yesterday, but it was certainly jovial and passionate about the product out on track. As you mentioned, Jets, the track looked amazing yesterday. It really was really looking good. Yeah, that's right. Track curator out there, Dean Cow, did a fantastic job. And credit as well to Tom there, the general manager. I know Freddie was in there giving some tips in their function as well. Good and feed too. Yeah, very good, good food feed as up well. There. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Um, it was a good day out there, Freddie. Yeah, it was. It's a race. You look at that field, and you might say, based on yesteryear, the 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 quality. You know, I mean, let, let's let's be frank. The race was formerly a, a Group One, uh, and it was run historically just eight days after the Miracle Mile. Uh, so you often got a carryover of Miracle Mile horses that would back up in the truer. It's now found a home on this June long weekend, and and certainly in terms of of timing, I guess a lot of the the gun horses are heading uh, north and so forth. But the race itself yesterday, I thought on paper was one of the toughest big race fields I've ever seen. In past years, we've seen the running of this race where you've got an odds on favourite. It was three eighty the field, and you could have made a case for at least. Seven of the horses, I thought, when I tried to assess the form. I, I tipped the Black Prince. I thought the, the quality and the class would prevail, a two-time Group 1 winner. Um, but the stable mate pipped him, and, and Brad, uh, a good race for Roy. He does a great job with his team, first and third last uh, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, Roy does a pretty good job with his team. I think he's had about, uh, might be four winners in the last uh, four days, so mm. he's going pretty good. And well, the horses, when you jump on them, you know they're going to, that they're a hundred percent and they're ready to go. So there's there's no doubt when um when you're driving these horses that they're going to be spot on. I tell you what, mate, you're going pretty well too. That's forty nine wins for the season for you. Uh, you're having a having a, a cracking year. Um, we you know we we talk about you a bit on this show because particularly when we've got some of those um, race meetings up in the Hunter area, particularly around, uh, when Tamworth's racing. You and Tom Ison just seem to go there and put your stamp on those race meetings. Um, happy with the season so far? I mean, 49 winners, and you, you run a hole 76 times as well, more than 400 grand in stakes money so far. You're certainly representing yourself and owners that you're driving for really well. Yeah, we're going all right, um, just for sort of country trainers. So it's been a pretty good um, pretty good year so far. And uh, Between me and Dad, we've had about 60 winners as trainers, so... Mm. I think it's just more that we're just turning the horses over. Well, we always, it wouldn't be more than two weeks and we're fronting up another two or three new ones and, you know, it just sort of keeps going like that. Mate, as a driver, uh, your, your best season was in uh, was two years ago. You had 90 winners, 49 so far. You got your eye on eclipsing that? Oh, I wouldn't mind getting 100. I've, I've never got there before, so that's sort of been a goal for probably the last, I don't know, three or four years. But uh, I think... Uh, if I'm going to do it, it's probably going to be this year. Yeah, well, we haven't turned the halfway stage of the, of the year That's yet. That's right. We're still right. approaching the halfway, yeah. and he's on on uh, on target. Well, yeah, absolutely. As far as as far as your, your training, you've you've sort of you come from a, a, a family steeped in the sport. Uh, there's no doubting that, Brad, and um, you know several generations. The training side of it is that something you see yourself branching out into. You've already notched up thirty-three career wins as a trainer, but but obviously uh, with some good mentors around you, and and obviously your dad uh, to the forefront of that. Uh, is that where you see yourself heading down track? Oh yeah, probably in another two or three years. I'd probably yeah. get real about the training, but uh, I just do heaps of the work with dad mm. and his team, and put mine in there as well, and we just sort of work together. So sort of a a family operation. And Brad, looking back on yesterday's winner, overall in your career, you've driven 575 winners. Where does that win from yesterday rank? Uh, yeah, it's pretty high up there. I've had um, 
I've had a couple of group threes. They were about five years ago, so it's been a, a long time between drinks of winning a feature race. Where, where is Bright Energy at the moment? He hasn't raced for a few months. No, he got a he got an injury last start and right. uh, just gave him time off. But, Fast uh, horse, Brad. He's, he's probably one of the fastest you've sat behind, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I won on him going 49, so mm. that was that was pretty exciting when you, you come back to, to Wayne and you go, oh, there you go. Great <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, um, Fred, we talk a bit about footy on this. You, oh, little birdie tells me, mainly your, your dad. Uh, I'll give he, him up. Yeah, <laughs> tells me you're pretty – well, I mean, I think he's pretty proud in telling yeah, the story. Yeah, he, he would said, be. Um, yeah. said you were a pretty handy footballer back as a, as a junior. Yeah, I used to go all right. Um, I think my first year I was the leading try scorer for the, for the comp. And, uh, yeah, once I sort of started drawing a bit of track work and that, I was just, nah, I'd give it away and – just focus on the horses. Well, that's what he said. He said basically you had a lot of potential and maybe could have, maybe, you know, obviously you, you need a lot of luck and you need the right nurturing and, you know, all mm. those right doors to open. But he said, you know, maybe there was an opportunity to go a bit further with footy, but your true passion was was this. You always just wanted to drive horses. Yeah, pretty much. Like once you sort of start getting into it a bit with the horses and then it just sort of takes over and, yeah, then I just sort of just wanted to pursue the harness racing and, yeah, it's worked out all right. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want Brad running at me with a footy, with a steed and tucked under his armpit. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, very compact. Yes. <laughs> Where, what'd you play, mate? Were you, I mean, it, it's sort of scramble, go get the ball and go anywhere at junior level at times, but I think you were playing a bit more structured than that. What, where we see you running around? What number are you wearing on your back? I was everywhere. I was down the wing, up the centre, hooker, halfback, fullback. <laughs> Second row, whatever. Junior footy style. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, but it would have been more stru- uh, back when Brad was playing. Probably would have been more structured than the the sort of you know the way it sort of uh, operates yeah, now. Yeah. Brad, we we touched on your dad and, and obviously the the family ties. Who who do you look up to? Obviously, you, you need need guidance. You're only 25, a young fella who's making his way in the sport. So you obviously have people you look up to. Can you tell us who some of those people are? Uh, I think. Um, yeah, Luke McCarthy is sort of someone to look up to. I, mm. They sort of started at the bottom and now they're, they're right up the top. And well, what they do with their horses just keep producing Group 1 winners and that, it, it's pretty amazing. Mate, um, you've had a few obstacles. I mean, you're only a young man, you're only 25. You had a, had a few obstacles along the way. Um, you're pretty cooked there for a little while, back, going back a few years, weren't you? you spent a bit of time yeah. in hospital? Yeah, when I was a youngster, I, um, I uh, had a... A sinus infection that started heading back towards my brain, and um, I had a day off school, and um, I used to sort of milk it a little bit. To, <laughs> Didn't we all? <laughs> and then yeah, I ended up just getting real crook, and took me out to the hospital, and had to get an operation another Jeez. day or so, and it, it probably would have like went back towards my brain, and Jeez. yeah, probably could have killed me. Jeez, that's wow. scary, isn't it? When you think about that, um, gee, you're lucky. Yeah, very well. Anyway. I was in the probably like, I don't know, maybe two weeks, but yeah, it was um pretty ordinary experience. Family probably said, come on, Brad, go to school. Yeah. You're not having another day off. Because <laughs> yeah, that used, used to happen to me. I did the same thing, you know. I used to feign so I could go to Richmond Trots or whatever. I'd yeah. feign pains in the stomach and... My mother got sick of it, took me to the doctor. He said, oh, he's got appendicitis. We've got to take his appendix out. I didn't have pains in the stomach, but I lost my appendix over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> now you find an injury to not have to go to That's me. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, mate. Well, hey, tell you what, you're doing great things. Uh, as we said, we always got a, got an eye out for when uh, when you're going around at, in those Hunter region tracks. But, you know, um, every now and again we see you here at, uh, at Tabcorp Apartment Angle and on the Metro uh, circuit, and you'd certainly – are not out of your depth when when you when you're getting around our tracks here in in Sydney. You, you legitimately belong and uh, and you're doing really well. And I think that's going to continue. Is that an aspiration to spend a bit more time here in uh, here at Menangle and and show everyone how talented you are? Yeah, well, we're just um, we haven't really got the the horses to do it, but we're sort of getting there. I've got uh, probably about three or four that can start going down there, and they should be sort of competitive in sort of the lower the lower graded races on a Saturday night. All right, and what's the week ahead look like, mate? You, we'll see you at Newcastle on Friday night, I would have thought. Uh, some good chances. Uh, we've got Tamworth Ten- Thursday to Ten- start Thursday. with. Thursday, yep. Newcastle Friday and Newcastle Monday, so we'll be uh, pretty busy for the weekend. Yep, all right. 
anything to steer any of the any of the listeners into that you think uh, is one to have a, have an eye on? Uh, yeah, Joe's redemption. Where we where are we seeing Joe's redemption? He's in at Tamworth. If he gets a start, he yep. hasn't got a lot of prize money last five. So if he gets a start, he'll draw right and. I think it'll go pretty good. Alright. B, B Elder at Tamworth, I, I think, is going to be flashing yeah, that's enough reason. Anyway. That's enough reason yeah. to get on, yeah. let alone the little leg up. Yeah. Good on All you, right. Brad. Brad, well done yesterday, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. Go well this week and, and in the future, and uh, let's let's uh, get you to those hundred wins for the season. You're well on track, and I, 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 you know, we'll certainly be very happy for you if you can reach that career milestone, mate. Um, go well. Thanks very much for having me on. Good on you, Brad. Um, <laughs> He did well yesterday, and he's going places. And you know, it, it, you forget how young some of these guys are. Twenty-five feels mm. like he's been around forever and ever, and doing great things. Yeah, like you just said, that it feels like he's been around forever and ever. And I know that each week we mention on this show, and rightly so, he's up there dominating in that Hunter region, Tamworth. Um, Newcastle as well but also when he comes to town he has to be respected as well I know he's mm. won quite a few of those country series here um, Been a big week guys uh, We talked about Bankstown yesterday I'll tell you what Regal do we say attire or attire? Attire. I've heard it. I've heard it said in yeah, both yeah. ways I'll tell you absolute demolition, demolition job in the Trotters Cup for Cameron Hart and Jared Alchin 26 metres thank you very much yeah, and that was to its stable mate who actually finished yeah. second as well in Paris K. And then third place was beaten 45.3 metres. So I think that just puts into perspective how big of a job it was. And I think the further, if the race was another lap, it would have just kept going further and further. Yeah, 100%. He looks so comfortable. And we saw what he, you know, he's done here on a Saturday night against the good horses. Uh, you know, so so going uh, uh, on back onto the provincial circuit midweek, it was always going to be a tough ask on the other horses. I tell you what, um, Montalbano was super impressive, but as expected, at some at one point it ended up squeezing in a bit more. But at one point, I saw a dollar seventy Montalbano, and I thought, oh my god, they've been very generous here because uh, mm. yeah, Montalbano is a class horse that we've seen do really good things, and I thought way too good yesterday. And Julie delivered one by ten metres for Will Rickson. Um, what a week, Will Rickson! Talking about Will Rickson, so we saw him at Bankstown yesterday. He was in Canberra last night. Mm. He, ra- he was in race three at quarter past seven last night in Canberra. That's don't tell me, don't tell me that our guys aren't journeymen and women who are prepared to get on the highway. I mean, that's a, in particular, on a public holiday traffic. We know what that road's like. Sydney to Canberra on a public holiday Monday uh, at this time of year is wifeful. Well done, Will, for making that effort. Did well. He is dominating at a winner at Bathurst on Wednesday as well. A night where results really were shared around. There was a, it was a good share of the pie there, but not too much of a share of pie on Saturday night. Just treble for Will Rickson. We have waxed lyrical about this young man, how impressive he is both on and off the track, doing great things. Um, what a year he's having. What a two years he's been having because we saw him rewarded with the, with the Menangle medal as well. Yeah, he's having a fantastic season, especially this year. I think he's only four winners away from equal in his best season yet. And actually on Saturday night, he also had three seconds. So, yeah. oh, so what case of what yeah. that could have been. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, two of those for Brad Hewitt. I actually thought we were going to see Brad Hewitt here because I put him in my fantasy team just to make – because I thought I'm going to tap into uh, that. I've got a feeling, you know, his best mate, Jared Croker. exactly – Hey, Jared listens to our show. Yep. Well done, Jared. Uh, I know you guys didn't get the result – uh, as you would have liked, but what a career milestone, um, clocking up those games. For one of the great blokes in Australian sport, well done. Um, had his hurdles in order to get to where he was, but, you know, great. And, and I love seeing the emotion and, and how the Canberra Raiders got around Jared. Mm. And in the prelude, I don't know if you guys saw some of the programming, we got a we got a good piece of the action around his, his passion for, for the equine industry and, and the harness racing. And I saw... Um, uh, Jake Duke was in his house on mm. Fox Sports and they sat there and all the, the man cave all decked out in, in trotting um, memorabilia. Yep. Talked about his passion for it and that. So we got, we got a good piece of that story. I reckon when he hangs <laughs> up the headgear, watch out that you don't see him going around in the yes, trials. And yes. maybe, maybe we'll see uh, one Jay Croker driving. Who knows? Who uh, Cam- Cameron Hart, another good week for him. Double on Saturday night. Bradoff's lad, very good, winning by 10 metres uh, late in the program there. He had a double at Menangle on Tuesday as well. London to a brick. Doing really good things, Freddie. Um, so impressive here on, uh, on Tuesday for James Ratray. Um, in the three-year-old uh, Trotters Foundation final. Sorry, that was on Saturday. Saturday. Tour brick, wasn't it? On Tuesday, 
he um, he was here doing well as well. He had a double at Wagga on Friday, and again, so another example of someone that's really you know put some put some K's on the car. Peter McRae. I thought Peter McRae was about to have a good week, so I chucked him in my fantasy team. He has a fill-up on Tuesday at Wagga, did really well. Of course, Tuesday's not the one that counted. It was Friday. He didn't do so well on Friday, so I missed out on the points. But well done, Peter McRae. That was a treble at Wagga um, that he had uh, there on Tuesday. Treble at Penrith on Thursday night for Joshy Gallagher. So he's had another great week. I mean, fantasy harness racing players, he's suspended this week, so they're going to really miss Josh because mm. the points that he's been accruing has been out of control. And Tom Ison. You know, we just have Brad Elder on. Well, he's nemesis at times or he's his peer or his colleague or he's equal or whatever you want to call them. You know, they seem to wax results there at, at, uh, in the Hunter region. Four winners on the Friday night program there at Newcastle. Just doing great things, isn't he? Sure is. Yeah, those two blokes. Yeah, yeah. And, and throw in, you know, on occasions, you know, Gemma Coney up there at Tamworth yeah. and, and Blake Jones and Grace Manella. It's, yep. just, it's just, you know, same, same. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, guys, it is super exciting times for the harness racing industry. Uh, we are now less than 100 days out from the tab Eureka. Andrew Kelly is the CEO of Harness Racing Australia, um, who, you know, the, the key orchestrator of, of this event. G'day, Andrew. Yeah, g'day. How's it going? Great to join you. And uh, been hearing a lot about this podcast and listening to bits and pieces. So, yeah. Was it long, pleased long, to be a guest? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, mate, how good's the the Eureka? Is uh, the excitement is really building, isn't it? This is a, a wonderful concept that is going to only continue to take hold and take foothold in the the um, well the Australian sporting landscape. Let's be honest, not just in, in our little inner sanctum of, of harness racing. Um, you know, the excitement's really building, and it must be. Um, even more so for you as, you know, the, well, the, the man at the helm. Yeah, oh, it's very nice of you to say that. Obviously, um, you know, bringing this to fruition hasn't been without its controversies at, at various stages. But as uh, we've continued on this journey, I think um, everyone's starting to understand the evolution and what um, we had hoped that, you, that uh, the Tab Eureka would become. And that was uh, to break, um, you know, through into new markets and start to gain the attention of, of other persons. And, yeah, as you quite rightly mentioned, um, you know, we're seeing that at the moment across the Australian sporting landscape and with some um, amazing announcements uh, in the last little while from um, Aaron Bain and Summit Bloodstock who um, have recruited uh, Charles Oliveira to their uh, to their team uh, and they're bringing him to Australia and providing access to us, you know, and I include you in that because we yeah. are the hosts of, um, you know, the host team, if you like, um, is going to be outstanding for um, for everyone and puts on a world scale and obviously he got the job done yesterday um, and, um, you know, we look forward to welcoming, welcoming him, him to these shores. But, uh, harness go. racing on the on the front page of the uh, of a UFC fight with a person who has over six million followers worldwide uh, talking about it and subsequently uh, being picked up by the likes of Fox Sports News. Uh, you know, these are you know, if I sound a little bit excited, then, then I am because this is exactly the types of um, uh, opportunities we were hoping that uh, that this particular race would bring as you know the world's richest harness race. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's the thing. It's breaking outside the bubble of our inner sanctum, as we said, guys. Um, we, we did walk around the stables the day of his announcement and tried to tried to get a volunteer among the drivers who might jump in the cage with him after his win in Vancouver yesterday. I think we're less likely to get a volunteer. Andrew, <laughs> that he was pretty. But well, only pretty took impressive. him four minutes ten, so yes. you know, yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good payday, isn't it? Yeah, it's if I work on my cardio, I reckon I could run around the the, 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 the octagon yep. for four and a half minutes and tire him out, maybe. That's the only hope I'd ever have. But, but you're right, aren't you? I mean, you know, this guy's, um, you know, he's from Brazil, so that takes in that South American foothold, which is, you know, got a got harness racing passion that, you know, on that east coast of America, we've seen him uh, get in and around where Tim Tetrick is and, you know, and, and, and you know, he talk about this is he might be a fighter but his pure passion as he said we've, we've seen him quoted is is being involved with with harness racing um you know, ufc is massive in asia it's this is an opportunity for this event to really become a global uh, have a global footprint exactly right and if we go right back to the uh, to the start when 
um, we started talking about um, slot holders and that how many slots would be available and, and, and how that would work. Um, we were oversubscribed in terms of um, you know the number of people who put up their hand and wanted to be um, be involved in the, in the event. So it started off on a on a pretty strong on a pretty strong footing. From there, uh, each of the slot holders has provided us with um, you know, insights into how they would promote the event um, you know, for us and effectively become a networking arm of. Um, of the event, and you can see what Aaron Bain and and Tana Bloodsock have done, thinking well outside of those um, those nine dots or the square, and bringing this to the um, bringing this to the table. And you know, we think about other because you're exactly right. His love of the horse will be evident to all of those once you know they, they get to meet him and see him, and that and that is exactly what's going to happen with different events around the um, uh, around the Taburica. Yeah. Um, and. They will, you know, everyone will realise his love of this uh, of this sport. As you said, he's been in a match race with Tim Tietrick at Yonkers um, last year, um, but he's coming with an entourage of persons who all have this um, primary love of the uh, of the horse. And if we can extend that into the future, and you know, if we've still got the first um, inaugural event to to, um, to to hold on the second of September, but you know, as we speak. Um, uh, we've got the Denver Nuggets playing um, for potential, um, you know, for, for potential honours today. And Nikola Jokic, as most people would be aware, is a great fan of harness racing as yeah. well. And you know, this is the elevation, if you like, that we need to keep looking at and pushing where we can um, to bring to, um, you know, to, to bring new fans to to our sport. And we've got to start thinking, um, you know, as big as we can. And that's where HRA, I suppose. We thought that, that we had a role to play, um, as I said, you know, rightly or wrongly, uh, to bring this to fruition. And, and with the, the host partners through Harness Racing New South Wales and Club Angle, that's exactly what we're doing. And some exciting announcements, um, you know, that have happened and many more to come that, um, you know, should um, change the face um, of um, also presentation of, of harness racing into the future as well, particularly yes. for major events. And I'm... I'm yeah, I'm, obviously I'm excited about it because you know I've been part of the, this journey since the since the start. But um, I can feel it building um, across the slot holders who I'm in regular contact with. There's uh, you know announcements every few weeks about horses, but that extends then into the connections of those horses, uh, trainers and drivers. There's a lot of people starting to put their horses forward at the moment and contacting um, slot holders to say, "Hey, have you thought about me?" So. Yeah, there's still lots of these onion rings that are that are starting to to permeate and and ripple through the industry, and that's great for everyone. How exciting! We'll end up with a twenty horse field like the what's the the one over at uh, in New, the New Zealand Cup that Cameron Hart was in, where they'd seen a lot the the whole equine industry was lining up in that race. Um, hey, you've mentioned it a couple of times, Aaron Bain Racing and some of Bloodstock. We remiss us not to give them another shout out. We had Aaron on the show the day it was announced uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was certainly excited and, you know, what a, what a great thinking outside the square initiative is, put, you know, to, to hinge on the back of their, you know, their, their slot um, as a stakeholder in this event. So well done. Um, hey, there's a big announcement. As you said, we've already started to, there's a, there's an enthusiasm and a, and a hype that comes with, with slot announcements. Andrew, we've already had, some of those horses announced, and they're some of the most exciting um, young horses in this country. Uh, there's going to be another one. Tab's going to announce their slot tomorrow, so we can look forward to that, can't we? Are they? Oh, I'm not sure tomorrow. what I'm going to say or not say there. Yes, so, um, no, it's I, tomorrow. I there is an announcement tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to uh, to that, exactly what it is. We'll, we'll wait with bated breath, but, uh, um, you know, I, I think... Um, uh, uh, you're right that there, you know, still are, um, still are. There still is a lot of talent um, available for and right for the picking. And um, those slot holders who are yet to make their announcement or take the plunge um, are, are not far away. So, looking forward to, um, yeah, to, to the next update tomorrow. Um, by this time, we'll we'll have another um, certain starter. It is tomorrow. I can tell you, and maybe this is a sprint lane exclusive, guys. The morning line, they're going to, that's where it's going to be announced. So tune well, into the be, morning line on yeah. Sky Racing tomorrow morning. That tab's going to announce their slot. And that'll be half the field yep. then, known. Yeah. 
which yeah. is uh, which it's just becoming so much more tangible now. You know, yeah. we've got we will have five of the the, the, the ten runners, yeah. uh, five of the slots filled, and and just back to to Charles Oliveira, I got I have to say, I, I yeah, I've been in licensed establishments when there's been UFC fights shown on on the big screens in the amount of people, and and, and I see them, they come in, they watch the UFC. And they watch them. They get to the main event. Then that's finished, and they all leave. They don't hang around like you know. We might go to the footy and we hang around and have a feed and a, and a few drinks after the match. As soon as the, the UFC, they're a very unique uh, following, and they they go there for the for the uh, bouts. And once they're gone, they're out. And if we can attract even a smidge of the amount of people I've seen uh, at those yeah. those fights, watching on the big screens, if we can attract just through Charles's involvement. Uh, by gee, it's it's going to put the sport in good stead going forward with a with a totally different um, demographic and a totally different uh, sporting mindset. Well, well, even beyond that, Freddie, you know, we've long said we've got the best track in the world. Presentation wise, I'm yet to see anything that you know that lives up to what we've got here at Tabcourt Park, Menangle. What price a photo of Charles Oliveira and his scratch race against Luke McCarthy yeah. going around the world? and capturing the, the imagination of the UFC market, the harness yep. racing industry worldwide, and putting this jewel in the crown that we've got here on the global stage, and people go, wow, one day I've got to get to that track yep. to go and visit that. I mean, Andrew, you've just come back from, from Sweden and the great product that was delivered over there and we, you know, and the campaign of, of Just Believe over there. You saw how good... You know, I, I hyped it. You know, and we, one of the things we've encouraged our clubs here in New South Wales to do is think about think about events not just as a race day, but but an event, a community event which has got harness racing tacked on. Or I think you probably saw the evidence of that in Sweden, um, and, and that the and, and that's what's possible, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. And um, you know, it, it, it's it's not everyone's cup of tea, the pageantry um, and the. And the um, and the entertainment on the periphery, but that's what builds excitement, and that's what people that are new to the sport will um, will be um, consuming, and that's what will make them excited to come back again. If the um, you know, it, it's the product offering now is more than just the races, um, and needs to be for particularly major events, and I think that's where you're getting to with. Uh, working with and and um, and motivating clubs um, throughout New South Wales to look at it from that um, from that perspective. It's an entertainment product. Um, yep, at the end of the day, ninety eight percent of the uh, of the income from harness racing comes from wagering, so that's always in front of people's minds. Uh, but in terms of um, you know, introducing new people to the sport and giving them um, you know r- real feel and and um, a- a- an atmosphere of entertainment. Um, then that's that's what um, that's what we're looking at here, and you know, but hopefully most people were able to see, and it's easy to find um, some of the work that um, uh, Ryan Feeling did with regard to Just Believe's yeah. campaign. Um, that campaign's continuing, but specifically around the event of the Elite Lop, where um, each part of the sport is made a hero of itself. It's the horse, it's the trainer, it's the driver, and it's the grooms, and there is really. Um, a lot of effort put into that, um, explaining that story of the combination of that is what's on the track. Um, that's racing, not just um, not just one component of it. So there's a lot of storytelling that goes that, that goes with harness racing, which you'd be aware of, and they're the stories that you're bringing to life all the time. Um, there's an entertainment angle of that as well. Motivation for people attending events will be different, but when they're there, it's a total package and the, and the understanding of, of each part of that that will be what what they leave with, and that will be what they um, is burnt into their um, is burnt into their memories. And while we're talking about um, things, you know, Northern Hemisphere wise at the moment, and maybe I'm changing tack a little bit uh, too much on you here, but I, I didn't want to lose the fact that um, it was mentioned there's. You know, fifty percent of the field, as as at this time tomorrow, will be known. Um, there's still two slots to be determined through races in um, Queensland and and Tasmania, mm. uh, but with the Ashes on at the moment, or building up for it, having uh, Matthew Hayden's name attached to the Eureka via um, the, the the Queensland edition, is going to be another great opportunity to bring um, to bring the message to to new audiences as well. And you know, just um, take my hat off to. Uh, racing Queensland, the team there that have been able to bring a, a, another focus or another different focus to this particular event and promote it uh, to an, to another group. 
um, you know, that is not just local here, but also Matty Hayden obviously being involved uh, in the Ashes coverage at the moment and having um, people following him from, um, you know, from particularly India and the UK. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, continuing to break barriers that we wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to do. Yeah, I love there's a story att- sort of attached to every single slot holder. There's a story and, and there's a different way to skin every cat <laughs> what we've seen, you know, whether it's the, the, the approach that Aaron Bain's gone, whether it's the, you know, the Hayden, you know, up in Queensland, the, ta- the Tasmania model with, you know, having a, a qualifying race, you know. One personal favourite of mine was the Western Jewel where yeah. Wayne and Julie Loder run their race book promotion and yeah. all of those carnival cups meeting throughout the Western District. So yep. a fantastic initiative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Spot on, Jess. That's a, I, I love that angle and it's one yeah. thing that I didn't want to, want to, and maybe I'm going on a little bit too much for you, but um, the, one of the, um, another point that I wanted to make was the great um, philanthropic, um, perspective or giving back to the community that we're seeing with slot holders and th- this industry, our industry is big on that. We always see um, you know, people come together and combine um, you know, when people are either down on their luck or there's, um, there's, there's um, health issues or accidents, injuries those types of things that happen or disasters. Um, it's great that um, many of the slot holders and, and I was going to mention exactly that point, Jess, well done in terms of Wayne and Julie and what they've been doing out there in the, um, in, in the West in the West, and there's um, yeah, just bringing again uh, that real local flavour to it, and supporting uh, and supporting charities and putting money back into the community in other ways, and yeah, it tips me lead to him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was gonna, I was gonna just hop back to when you're talking about the the event in Sweden recently. The the vision that's sort of imprinted in my mind is. Remember when the drivers and the and the trainers are walking through in the pink puff of smoke? We've had Greg Sugars on this show. He's the most down to earth, like humble guy, isn't he? And yep. and there's there's him walking out like he's Mick Jagger. And I thought, <laughs> this is a man like just soaking up this moment. I thought, how good, like how good, and that that's the the rock star moment that. You know, the, I think the Eureka's, we've done a little bit of it with some of the, the stuff that we've done here in New South Wales, and I know other states have done it too, but that's the, the rock star moment that the Eureka's going to deliver on as well for these people. And, and justifiably, and yeah. they do it quite a bit in, in other parts, other jurisdictions in the world. Um, but yes, I, I take your point. And yes, it was <laughs> like uh, he was running out for a grand final or something like that. The big puff the of smile, the Cheshire like, cat smile. Oh, but smile but on the bike. So and, and, and just on on oh. the horse, um, uh, Andrew mentioned the campaign continues. Ran a placing uh, over the weekend, and so, Lock and Var Art did so well. That's well the best thing I saw. Well. So you jumped right. in ahead of me. So well, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's, uh, we're going. We certainly go on places, aren't we, Andrew? Yeah, no doubt. And um, yeah, it's it's great that those horses are able to perform um it's also great for um for our breeding industry and it's also great for those that are that are connected to the horses to be able to um, be provided these opportunities and whether that be in north america as you mentioned there with lock and bar art or um, you know, um the just believe we'll race again uh, this coming weekend up at um, a place called Bowden, which is about as far north in the world as you can get to um to to um to, to be racing um, and having a trotting race, uh, it's um, yeah we've got all bases covered as you um, as you mentioned there. But what I think um, is really important from a driver's perspective and um, and and as a, as an industry is that um, the, the the horses are absolutely um, superstars. There's no doubt about that. But the promotion of the drivers is is something that is a continuous. It's here all the time and. Um, Whilst you know, horses will come and go in the terms of their careers, um, the drivers are mainstay. And what we can do, I think, to promote the drivers and give people them personalities and for people to be able to see them um, on a TV screen or a visual from afar and um, and start to relate to them, I think that's a, that's a great outcome and that's certainly something that um, is big. Uh, both in North America and Scandinavia and France, as, um, as you've alluded to there, um, something that um, we're aware of uh, internally, but something that we probably can do more more of to promote um, externally to others and and make them superstars in a way that we've um, uh, that uh, that we've seen done in, in other jurisdictions. So, good point uh, to pick up on that, and something that I think um, you know we'll make a focus of on uh, on Tabureka night as well. Yeah, well, it's that aspirational heroes thing, and we saw it. You know, we've seen it a few times in a Dominion when it, when it was here, sort of eighteen months ago. 
um, flood relief 23 when we took the the campaign at Tiagar and took the drivers' invitational series out there that. The, the, fantasy the harness region. racing, yeah. people grabbing you know, their heroes and their yep, favourites. People latching on and putting an yeah. identity. As I've said, I've said to my board and, and our exec a few times, you know, the horses are amazing, but unless we pump life into Mr. Ed, I haven't found one that can talk yet. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's about, it's about having that human who can, you know, really be a, a spokesperson on behalf and that aspirational hero for the kids. We've got the mini trotters program that we see here so often and Freddie, you get to call them and, you know, the joy on those kids' faces, that, that's the next, that's grassroots, it's the next future of our sport and we want we them talk- looking up to these these amazing young men and women who, and, and let's be honest, it's men and women, yeah, we've got a really absolutely. good representation by females in our sport that other codes cannot say they have and that's who we want them to look up for. Absolutely, no, you're just talking about the mini trots, I mean, you know, mm. Cameron Hart, Will Ricks and Grace Panella, there's uh, um, yeah. Seton Grimer, uh, the Bagini boys, all, all yeah. those youngsters that I've seen come through as ki- yeah. little kids, little you know, little tiny tots, and they're they're driving in uh, yeah. feature races yeah. now. It's yeah. it's quite incredible. Well, Andrew, it's great to have you on the show. As we said, um, tomorrow morning we're going to know half the field. Tab is one of the slot holders. Will be announcing their slot on the morning line tomorrow morning. Um, I think it's somewhere just after nine o'clock. So on the so um, harness racing enthusiasts and whoever tune in. Um, Sky Racing won and, and I think um, I assume Britt will be at the helm I'm not sure uh, but I assume will be Brittany Graham will be steering that uh, that announcement which is super exciting we're going to know half the field and we're going to you know have some of the elite you know um, horses in in this country um, are gonna, we're going to know that they're in this amazing race yeah looking forward to that and yeah and, and exactly right if everyone get behind that and, uh, and tune in tomorrow I think about quarter past nine on Sky Racing 1 and um, we'll we'll catch the next uh, the next instalment. Looking good, forward to it. Good on you, Andrew. Can't wait to see what the next just under a hundred days now. Gee, when it starts to get down to double double figures instead of that, we I remember a hundred was was only a week or so ago, and that felt close. But geez, now we're down to. I reckon it's about now. eighty. It's around the eighty one eighty two mark. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah really, now. it's it's whizzing by. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so when we start to get to that, we know the, the, the clock starts to speed up a little bit. <laughs> the <Jess>. panic starts <laughs> to set in. Yeah, but we're excited. I mean, we've been, we, we had meetings here last Tuesday that you and I were both in, and you can really start to feel that all the, the, the moving parts are all coming together at once. And th- trust me, everyone listening, watching on the live, this is going to be massive. It's going to be amazing. That's right, and don't don't hold back. Get your hospitality packages now because you know, <laughs> there's no doubt that, that this is going to sell out, and um, you know, it'll also be a ticketed event. So one way or the other, you need to grab a ticket. I'll tell you what, the top of out at Bankstown yesterday, people tapped me on the shoulder to want to talk about fantasy harness racing, and they were already saying, "Geez, if I finish top ten, I'll get one of those hospitality packages at the Eureka. Mm. That's that's a pretty good price." So. Um, you know, there's a value on that you just talked about, Andrew, and the fancy harness racing players who are in who are in contention for the big prizes. I think they'd be just as happy with the Eureka hospitality package as they would be with the car. Car, what it. car? Yeah, <laughs> what car? <laughs> be at the Eureka. I know. Uh, great to have you on, mate. You got to. Um, we've chewed up more of your time than than uh, we told you we'd take up, but it's been fa- fascinating to have you on the show. Um, won't be the last time, I'm sure, and we can't wait to see what the next little bit. Uh, unravels and how this thing uh, comes together because the delivery is going to be amazing. Can't wait. No, no. Well done to all of you as well. Uh, keep up the great work and, yeah, look forward to chatting in the future when we can. Fantastic. Cheers. All right. Uh, Thanks, lady, Andrew. That's Andrew Kelly from uh, Harness Racing Australia, the CEO there. Um, gee, the Eureka is going to be fantastic. I just can't wait. I, I can't either. True story. I was getting married on the 2nd of September. And guess what's changed? It's the changed. wedding day. <laughs> I'm not getting married on the 2nd of September anymore. Yeah. Uh, nah, all right. True hey, story. Um, we just talked about fantasy harness racing. Gee, I'll tell you what, three rounds to go. The car chase is on in earnest. The, as we just said, the hospitality packages, the big Harvey Norman vouchers, the chase is on in earnest. The margin's somewhere around that 90 points going into the start of today's 23rd round. So it finishes on the 1st of July, big group one night, so plenty of triple points. I've got a feeling this week is going to be the shake-up that people hadn't seen coming. Josh Gallagher's not not in action, who's been a staple, uh, really reliable point scorer. Uh, Jack Calligan's not available. Luke McCarthy's up in Queensland. Um, Blake Hughes is out of action for a mm. week. I'll tell you what, if I was sitting, I'd be, uh, I'd be a little bit nervous of, if I was uh, 
really high up the top trying to protect the lead because I think there's some there's some volatility coming this week, Jess. Especially only with three trades as well. It makes it very difficult if you've got yeah. all of those yeah. mentioned Absolutely. drivers yeah. in your team. Well, Which I did. Yeah, I yeah. did that too. I had to sacrifice keep one in because I couldn't I couldn't shuffle them out because I had Blake to get Luke rid of and yeah. Josh. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or sitting there in my team. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Not far off uh, off lockout as we record this live, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really exciting round and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the leaderboard looks like at the end of this one, guys. Um, Freddie, you've already alluded to the best thing you saw, but um, you know, you tips in Lock of Art. It was yeah. impressive. Battle of Lake Erie, a $200,000 race. Well done to Kevin uh, and Leonie Gordon. They pour a lot of uh, uh, money into the sport. Um, the horse, of course, now under the care of Shane and Lauren Tritton. Lauren became the first lady to drive in the race, but also then yeah, well, won it. So yeah. what about that? First woman to ever drive in that actual race uh, and then and then won a big moment. wasn't just a win. It was a real dominant performance by Lachlan Varart, who's done such a great job since he's been in their care, won numerous races, but uh, that was a bit of a defining moment. Um, the Trittons have done so good. Formerly, of course, domiciled down here. They were up Newcastle Way, came here, and then they moved to the States around the time of COVID, so around 2020. So in that short time, that three-year period, geez, they've established themselves yeah. well and truly. Yep, yep. yep. Well done, uh, Shane and Lauren and everyone involved in the Lock and Bar Art story, Jess. Yeah, mine was just the perfor- overall performance of Will Rickson for the week. There was yeah. winners at Bathurst, winners here at Menangle, Bankstown, Canberra. The list just goes on. He's having a stellar season on the track and second on the New South Wales Premiership, which is just deserves. Yep, yep. Just uh, good things happening everywhere. Um, yeah, really ex- you know, probably the best thing I saw yesterday was that big seafood platter as we walked into, <laughs> into Bankstown yeah, yesterday. Jeff. I think they lost their way up to the box. I didn't see any of yeah. it. That was good. Um, all right, um, seven races today. A little bit of the later start. 147 is the first here today, Freddie. Yeah, 147. Some good racing at the back end of the card in particular. Some good uh, trotters races. We see Maximus Meridius go around in the first. Be very short, but be really hoping it's a thumbs up today because uh, he, he's, he's got untold talent. Uh, he's just got to put it together. All right, Wagga tonight. Bathurst Wednesday. We've got Tamworth and Penrith on Thursday. Uh, big day Friday, Jess. Wagga Parks and Newcastle. We're at Newcastle again on Monday. Canberra on Monday night, of course. Saturday night. Uh, the fields will be out a little bit later today. Obviously, the public holiday Monday um, means that the fields will be out, but another good night of racing on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right. As you just mentioned there, fields will be out later this afternoon as a result of the public holiday yesterday, but always great racing here on a Saturday night, and I'm sure Saturday will be no different. All right. A bit of housekeeping. I mentioned it last week, the strategic plan, the Harness Racing New South Wales strategic plan is, uh, is out in, um, open for, I guess, Feedback submissions and, submissions and yeah, all those yeah. sorts of things. So don't forget that. We did stress the point last week on the podcast, but you know, a little reminder, it's it's available on the Harness Racing New South Wales website. So get to that. Don't miss your opportunity to have your say. Really, that's the, that's the message. So uh, get involved in that. Series two of the New South Wales bread um, heats that commences this week, Freddie. So mm. you'll be at Penrith on Thursday night, I Penrith, assume. Yeah, I'll be there, there. Penrith yep. Thursday so night, and they kick off, I think there's a heat at Tamworth. Tamworth. Yep, mm. so we've got Tamworth and Penrith on yep. Thursday. We've got Wagga and Parks on Friday. Great initiative, um, successful in Series 1, I guess yep. we, we could call it. The final will be on uh, July 1, which is the Group 1 Trots New South Wales night, of course. $30,000 final. Um, for two and three-year-old breeds challenge eligible horses. So, yeah, great initiative. Really excited about that one. A um, little bit of sad news. We had some passing of some, some really um, prominent industry people. Yeah, uh, news filtered through uh, Bruce Kennedy, who, of course, had a horse called Berrima Bill. Uh, and I was reading a, a Facebook post about his passing. Uh, uh, he was a uh, police officer down in the... In the uh, um, Highlands down uh, around Mittagong and uh, in Mossvale that area and uh, he was uh, a, a very well respected uh, copper um, so thanks uh, for his service uh, to the state uh, but Bruce uh, had horses like um, Berrima Bill and Double Triax and uh, sadly passed away and a, a trainer that was probably a mainstay through the trotting period when I say trotting I'm talking about the square trotters at, at, at a time where the trotting gate didn't fall away, but they weren't as prevalent as they are right now. Um, a man called Peter Carson. Uh, Peter would train, uh, his wife Kathy would drive, and they had uh, some very good horses. Uh, Lord Whizbang springs to mind, and Sophocles uh, won a stack of races. They had uh, uh, 
a heap of other horses, um, but uh, Peter also passed. So to uh, each of those uh, gentlemen's respective families, uh, on behalf of the Sprint Lane team and all in harness racing, uh, we extend uh, condolences uh, on the sad passing of Peter Carson and Bruce Kennedy. Yep, well said. Uh, Jess, Total Diva, um, close for you yesterday. How's your black bookers going? Yeah, well, Total Diva... Close. Very clo- close, but so close. Cigar. That's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. What are, you, so, what are you steering us into? This yeah, week? Saturday night, smooth overarm caught my eye for Amanda Turnbull. I thought it ran a very credible fourth. Um, so yeah, we'll be following smooth overarm. Okay. Ready? No heaven on high this week. Big run uh, from the barrier. Yeah. Flash tamer in third. But uh, I was really wrapped with Alta Billy's run uh, yesterday in the Trua. A deep peg pocket came the very deepest and was storming home at the rate of knots. Uh, if it didn't have to go so wide, potentially it would have been a bit closer. And it was an eye-catching run here in the state final of the Tab Regionals as well, where it charged home and, and made a stack of ground. So I think uh, Alta Billy, a win isn't too far away for uh, Alta uh, Billy. Um, and uh, one last uh, one last quick cheerio. Um, I've just been told that uh, Lara Pengilly is celebrating a birthday, works in the garage store, so uh, uh, happy birthday to Lara, happy celebrating birthday. a birthday. Yep. And again, like most of us do on our birthdays, Paul, she's working. She has to come to work. Has to come to work. <laughs> well, you know what? I've never had to go to work on my birthday. Oh, really? You haven't worked what, what, you pulled a long enough. You pulled a sickie? Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh, very good. Oh, that, Even in the media, well, where, where media is every single day, I managed to... Yeah. So hang on. Usually I had to work New Year's Eve instead of Christmas in order to make that okay. work. Ah. But yeah. how'd you go with presents, yeah. you know? Birthday present, Christmas oh, no, present. I go, all right. You go yeah, right. But she's you know spoiled. You get the hour age, Freddie. You start to yeah, you don't want to count <laughs> the birthday, don't you? A little bit. So <laughs> um, like weddings, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh great show, guys. Hey, fascinating to have. Oh, I loved hearing Brad Elder's story. You know, he, yeah. he's yeah, as I said, like he feels like he's so much older than the twenty five years that you know, that he's been on this planet, he's crammed so much in and he's a wise, you know, wise kind of head, you know, on, on as we said, some shoulders that I wouldn't want to run into. No, absolutely. Footy, footy touch under my arm. Just, just very quickly, Saturday night, the eldest statesman in the driving ranks at just 37 was James Rattray. I mean, <laughs> I wish I was 37. You had Cam Hart drive a double. You had Will Rickson, the treble, Jack Brown, Josh Gallagher. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, the, there's your, your driving winners. Incredible, yeah. Incredible that yeah. they're all How young men they? in their 25, under 25. How good. Jack's How good. only 18. Yeah, nah, it's brilliant. You can throw Leighton Green's name into the oh, mix. and been yeah. driving. Yeah, it's yeah. just incredible, the talent. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're on the live stream, we appreciate your time. Wonderful to have Andrew Kelly from Harness Racing Australia on to talk us through the Eureka. It won't be the last time I'm sure we'll have Andrew on the show as we lead up to this wonderful event, which is really going to take the um, harness racing industry around the world by storm. We're so fortunate, Jess, that it's right here in our playground here at Tabcourt Park, Menangle, the best track in the world, the best facilities. Can't wait to show it off to the world. Uh, have a good week. Thank you. Same Ready? to you both. I'll Calling see you all yep. See you next week. As I said, thank you for tuning in on the live stream. If you're listening to us on the podcast, no matter where you are, planes, trains, automobiles, we appreciate it. We know there's a lot of options out there when, in the podcast space, but we love bringing you this show and we really appreciate that you give us your time and your, and your listening ears while you're commuting or doing whatever you do. Um, if you feel compelled to give us a like, share, follow, kind review. That would be really appreciated so we can continue to grow this product. We will see you next week on the Sprint Lane. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.